Thank you, Pastor DeAndre. You can go ahead and be seated. And again, uh, so glad to be with you this morning. How great was water baptism? Isn't that amazing? And uh, we just love celebrating. And you'll notice the stage is a little different. And uh, just some, some of the goodies that a whole bunch of you brought. And we, we've just got so much that's gone out to the Kareen Resource Center. And so thank you for your generosity, for your giving. And so... Um, because again, you know, Jesus said, I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty, you gave me a drink. I was naked and you clothed me. And so it's meeting the needs. And so, so many of the school supplies are going out to families that are hurting and in need. And uh, so again, well done, church. That's what we're all about. Again, if this is your first time here, welcome to Mountain Park Church. If you're joining us online, we're so glad that you've logged in for church online. And please make sure if you're here in the building that you stop by our new here, start here tent. We have a little gift bag for you. And then please join us uh, next Sunday uh, after the second service to our Discover Mountain Park luncheon. Uh, I would love to meet you and the team, the, the staff. And we just want to share some things about the church, answer any questions you have, got a little lunch for you. And so if you've recently joined us the last couple of weeks and you've never been, in fact, we haven't done one for a couple of months, luncheon, then I want to invite all of you out to come out to the luncheon. If you've never been, you're new to the church the last month or two or three, I'd love to meet you and your family, your spouse, and, and just say hi to you. And so that's next week, Discover Mountain Park. Also, I'm really excited about tonight, parents, if you have a high schooler or middle schooler, something new that is happening, we have a Sunday night youth service that's going to happen every Sunday night here at Mountain Park, and this is something that I'm so excited about, because here's the deal, here's the deal. Uh, your, your student, your youth's friends, they won't come Sunday morning, because they're sleeping in, or they're watching the football game, who knows? Or well, then social media, because that's what they do when they wake up. But Sunday night, we are planning an amazing event, a lot of fun. There's going to be food. It's 4.30. There's going to be pizza for, uh, for, the, for the youth. There's going to be games and fun. There's going to be worship, uh, a worship band. There's going to be a lot of great things. And we've been working, Colton, our youth directing team, have been fixing up our student union area. And so it's just a fun place to come and hang out. And so, hey, encourage your youth. Bring them, number one, tonight. And then tell them, hey, bring your friends. Bring your friends. Let's, let's reach the youth. We need to reach the youth for Jesus. Amen. And so I'm asking you, I'm asking you to partner with us uh, in making that happen. Well, uh, this, this morning, I want to transition into our message today, and I'm kind of going to wrap up and tie a bow on our attitude series. And over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about attitude, it's a choice. And, and so many of you have been giving me feedback, and you've enjoyed this series, and uh, I'm super excited to close the tie a bow on this, but I'm super excited about next week because we're launching our DNA, This Is Us series. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about our vision, our, our mission, but more than that, we're going to be talking about the things the staff and I have been working on that are going to help you take your next steps and that you can really your role in God's story. We got Alpha coming. I'm so excited about Alpha coming back to Mountain Park Church. We got training coming. We got group up is next Sunday. So make sure you find a group and sign up for a group, get into community. And then next week's fun because I'm going to have uh, two of the uh, old school guys in the house next week. Uh, well, I wouldn't say old school. I'd say wise ones because they're, they're very wise men and I love these two men. I'm excited next week. I'm going to be interviewing Pastor Don Doe and Pastor Robin Wood on how Mountain Park Church was started. 
Because uh, if you're going to jump into a DNA series and talk about where we're going, sometimes you've got to stop and say, how did this start? And so we're going to have a lot of fun uh, next Sunday, so invite someone to church. But today, as we close our series, Attitude, It's a Choice, I want to talk to you today about uh, the attitude, it's a choice, the attitude of obedience. And so let's recap really quick. In week one, I spoke to you about attitudes of choice. We looked at Zig Ziglar's quote that said, you know, you can't tailor make the situations of life, but you can't tailor make, you can't choose the attitudes to respond or to deal with that fit, those situations. That life, sometimes stuff happens, but you get to choose whether you'll respond to the situation or whether you will react. That's really your choice. You choose your attitude. We then kind of jumped into week two where I spoke about an attitude killer, where I spoke about conflict. Remember that one? Conflict is what? It's the distance between reality and expectation, and we're to mind the gap as we begin to define reality and say, God, what is really going on? What are my expectations? And we begin to shift expectations to reality. Conflict begins to come down, and it's so important because conflict, relational conflict, changes conflict in life affects our attitudes. Then I spoke about an attitude of contentment where Paul says to Timothy that godliness with contentment is great gain. And that contentment is found when we keep our eyes on who Jesus is and not the circumstances or the environments that are around us. We spoke about the fact that Jesus is sovereign. He was the manifestation on earth of the sovereignty of God. That he's seated at the right hand of the Father right now, Scripture says, in the seat of authority. And we just see Jesus as sovereign, but we just see Jesus as our Lord and Savior. He's not just a Savior that gets us to heaven. He's the Lord. He's the King of our lives And if we want to find contentment, we're going to let Jesus be our shepherd. We spoke about Psalm 23, that he leads us by still waters to green pastures and prepares a table in the midst of our enemies. This is our Jesus, and that true contentment is found when we invite him to be the Lord of our lives. And then we had uh, the thunder from Honduras. Uh, Pastor Jaime Rodriguez came, and uh, man, he preached up a storm on, on the attitude of faith. And how faith pleases God. And how that we go through life that we walk by faith and not by sight. Because if you live today and you're going to live base your life on sight and what's going on in the world, you are going to live in despair. You're going to live in fear. You're going to live defeated. But when you can walk by faith in knowing who, who God is and who, what the Bible says who he is and who Jesus is and the victory you have and how you overcome that you live by faith, it changes your whole attitude and perspective on life. And then last week I spoke about the attitude of uh, the attitude killer number two, which was fear. How in life there are two kinds of fear. There's a healthy, holy fear, which we call reverence of God. That God, you are holy, you, that I am to come into this place of understanding who you are in my life. And as I bow my heart to you and I walk, as, and we spoke about Genesis, how man was created to do life with God, but then sin came in. And sin brought unhealthy fear where Adam hid from God. And what happened is relationship was broken. Adam was meant to do life with God and 
now God was, in a sense, at a distance. But the good news we said last week is that through Jesus Christ, fear has been defeated. Sin has been defeated. That we no longer have to live in this place of fear, fear of God and fear in life and what's going on. But that through Jesus, that we can come to this place, as Paul says, that we can stir up inside of us the gift of God, the Holy Spirit, the presence of God. That God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. So just recapping for you all these things that we've been going through. But today I want to shift to the attitude of obedience. And sometimes when we hear obedience, you know, we think about our kid who's not obedient, right? We think about all the times we had to put them in time out. And I, I'm yet to meet a parent that loves time out. I mean, I'm, my five-year-old, I mean, sometimes she's like, Dad, why don't you just rather spank me? And I'm like, I'm not going to spank you. I'm going to put you in time out because I know you hate time out. My daughter hates time out, passionately hates time out. But I don't enjoy it. I told Shay, Shay, this hurts daddy more than you. But you know, it's the truth is that disobedience is in all of us in some sense. We're, we're all, in fact, Jeremiah says that our hearts are wicked and beyond repair. Only God can repair our hearts. In fact, today, as we saw water baptism, you know what water baptism is? Water baptism is an act of obedience. You see, in Acts chapter 2, in verse 38, Peter says what? He says, repent and what? Be baptized. He says, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's so important that as a believer, as a Christ follower, that you obey Scripture and that you go under the water and rise up in you. It's an important part of our faith journey. And I want to encourage you today that if you've never been water baptized, please, the next water baptism, let us baptize you. Well, pastor, I've been a Christian for so many years and never been water baptized. Come on, take that step of obedience. It's powerful. It's, you saw the smiles on the faces and the joy of being water baptized. And, and right now, if you're thinking of doing that, you know what? It's as simple as taking out your phone and just texting yes to baptism to the number 77411 and we'll be in touch with you, and we'd be so excited uh, to baptize you. But what is, what is obedience? Let's define it really quick, and I want to use Holman's Illustrated Bible Dictionary to explain to you. Here's what it says. Biblical obedience is to hear God's word, and what? Act accordingly. Biblical obedience is to hear what? God's word, and then to do what? Act accordingly. Isn't it interesting when your child's disobedient or your niece or nephew, what do you tell them? Listen to me. How many times have you told your kid, listen to me? You're not listening to me. Well, what's God trying to say to us? Listen to me. <laughs> you're not listening to me. And so that's why your life is in chaos. And that's why you're going through all these things. It's simply because you're not, number one, listening to my word. And then what? As you listen to my word, act on it. That's what scripture says in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God. You see, some of us have this Bible on a shelf, and it's time for us to take it off. We need to take it off the shelf, and every day we need to be listening and hearing, what does God have to say? You know, so many people say to me, Pastor, do you believe that God talks today? 
Yes, I do. Well, how do you know? He gave us his word. He's ready to talk to us every day. And Hebrews says that this word, this Bible, it's alive. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It's a discerner of the intents of the thoughts and the hearts that as I'm reading the word of God, and I'm so excited because our journals have life journals. It's gonna be new to our church. It's just gone to production. So in four weeks, our life journal is coming and I'm so excited to teach you how to do the life journal. It takes you 15 minutes a day. But in that 15 minutes, I know God is gonna be talking to you. Well, how do you know, Pastor Charlton? Because I have journaled now for almost 23 years, and I love it. I listen, and I hear, and then I act. I position my life according to what his word says. Well, why is obedience so important? I want to give you three reasons if you're taking notes. Why, why is obedience so important? Number one, obedience pleases God. If you ask me, what pleases God? Two things. Number one, faith. Hebrews chapter 11 tells us that in verse 6. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For those who come to him must believe who he is. And what does he do? He is a rewarder of those who diligently, consistently, they hear the word and what do they do? They act accordingly. He rewards those who diligently seek him. Faith pleases God. But you know what else pleases God? Obedience. In fact, let's look today in 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22. But Samuel replied, and he's talking to Saul, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of the rams. What's going on in this story? Saul went into battle. The prophet Samuel said, wipe out the enemy, wipe them all out. What does Saul do? He wipes some of the enemy out, but he keeps some of them alive and parades them. He then goes and he, he does sacrifices to the Lord. So he ta they take the bulls and, and, and the sheep and they do an offering to the Lord. And Samuel comes and says, Saul, you've disobeyed God. And Saul says, what do you mean? I haven't disobeyed God. I mean, I gave God an offering. I, I, of the spoils that we took, I gave God an offering. I, I gave him the best. And Samuel says, no, no, no. Sacrifices are good, but yes, the point. Obedience is greater than sacrifice. Was why? Because God told you to take out, to wipe out the enemy. You've kept some of them alive, and guess what? That legacy is gonna continue. That enemy will always persist. Saul didn't listen. He disobeyed God. You see, sometimes I want to encourage you as a Christian, it's not about doing the right thing. It's about doing the God thing. See, sometimes we want to get away with what seems right, where God is really saying, I'm asking you to do what I put in your heart to do. The thing that you're reading. I'm telling you to do the things that you're reading. I'm telling you to do the thing that, that your group leader told you or that pastor you prayed with gave you that counsel and you didn't like that counsel. See, not every time a pastor or a community group leader or someone gives you the word of God or advice, are you going to like it? I know there are many pastors that have given me counsel and I didn't like it. But as I went and I prayed about it, I felt the peace. Even though I didn't like it, I felt the peace. And then I had a choice to say, do I obey right now that counsel, that wisdom, that peace of God inside of me? Or do I just go by and do the right thing? 
You see, the right thing is not always the God thing. Obedience pleases the Lord. In fact, Jesus said this in John 14, 15. He said what? If you love me, do what? Keep my commands. Jesus was literally saying that through your obedience is a demonstration of what? Your love for me. Well, obedience pleases God. What else does obedience do? Number two, point number two, if you take a note, obedience shapes us to be what? More like Jesus. I love that. Because people say, Pastor, I want to be more like Jesus. Just the way to do it. Be obedient to his word. Why? Because you know what obedience is? Is when you feel that conviction of the Holy Spirit, and we spoke about that last week where Paul said to Timothy, stir up the gift inside of you. He wasn't saying, and I joked last week, he wasn't saying, you need to stir up and shake up the Holy Spirit, the presence of God in your life. No, we don't pump up the Holy Spirit. No, what we do is we have to shake ourselves up to do what? Get in step with what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. And so let me tell you something about the Holy Spirit, the presence of God in your life. What does he do? The Bible says he's a teacher. What does he do? He's a guide. He's a comforter of our hearts when we go through hard times. He comforts us. But he also is what? A counselor. What does a counselor do? Tells you the truth. See, the Holy Spirit's role in our life is to reveal the will of the Father, to bring us to a place of understanding. We spoke about that in week one in Ephesians chapter four, that renewing of the mind is not trying to fix the old me. Renewing of the mind is me starting to understand who I am as a new creation, a Christ follower. See, that's the role of the Holy Spirit. And he's gonna come and he's gonna convict me of sin. He's gonna convict me when I'm going down a wrong path. And I have a choice to either get in step with the Holy Spirit or to resist the Holy Spirit and go my own, my own direction. But you see what happens is the more that I'm being led and allowing the Holy Spirit to convict me and to bring revelation and to teach me the word of God, the more I'm getting in step with the Holy Spirit. Here's what's happening. The more as I'm doing that, I'm walking in step with him. He's beginning to unfold the plans and the purposes God has for me because it's not just faith, it's obedience that helps me to move forward. You see, if you want to be more like Jesus, you can have all the faith in the world, but if you don't have obedience, you'll constantly miss the steps and the points that God has for your life. And the third thing, so obedience, what? Pleases God. Obedience does what? It shapes me to become more like Jesus. And that should be the goal of every single one of us, to be more like Jesus. And then thirdly, obedience does what? It leads to blessing. We just sang that. May your blessing be upon us. You know, some of you today, you wrestle with the fact that God wants to bless your life. In fact, it's throughout Scripture. Genesis chapter 12, the Abrahamic covenant. God wrote this. He said to Abraham, I'm not just to Abraham, to generations. He said, I'm going to bless you and do what? Make you a blessing. I will make your name great is what God said. He didn't say I'm going to make you famous in a celebrity. He just said when people speak about you, there's going to be goodness. Oh, he's a great guy. Man, they have a great marriage. They, they, you know what? They, they, they're Christians. They're real Christians. You know, sometimes when you think about people, you're like, are they really Christians? They say they're Christian. Are they really? No, they're real Christians. Why? Because God's working in your life. God wants to bless your life. And we read here in the story, though, how does obedience tie to blessing in Genesis uh, chapter 22, verse 15 to 18? 
And the angel of the Lord said to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and not withheld your son, your only son. What's happening here? Really simple. Abraham received a word from God that he would have a son. And that his son, that, that they would bless him and they would be like the grains of the sand, a generation that would worship God, a promise he receives. But Abraham was an old man and his wife Sarah was old. In fact, when Sarah heard that they were going to have a kid, she laughed. She's like, are you kidding me? This ain't never going to happen. And the angel said to her, why did you laugh? Is anything too hard for God? You know, sometimes we hear things and read things in the Bible and we laugh. Because we think there's just no way. I spoke about that last week, bobblehead Jesus, right? We put Jesus in a box. And but Abraham had faith to believe the promise. And Sarah came to a place of faith and they had their son Isaac. And then what does the Lord say to, to Abraham? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take Isaac and I want you to sacrifice him. I mean, the very promise I've been waiting for by faith. I've been believing you, God, to do this in my life. And, and then it happens, and then let it go? I mean, not just let my son, kill your son. And it says here in verse 17, you're ageless because you haven't done this. I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and, and the sand in the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities uh, of their enemies, and through your offspring, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Listen to this. Why? Because you have obeyed me. Wow. What's the note there? Faith is always tied to obedience. Abraham received and believed by faith. But then, the, and Isaac, the promise came. But for that promise to be released, Abraham had to be obedient. There's some of you today, you believe in God for some big things, and you're praying for big things and for miracles in your life. And let me tell you something, God answers prayer. I believe that without a shadow of a doubt. But sometimes, you know what your faith needs is an act of obedience. You see, what he's calling you to say yes to, step in it. You might not like it. Come on, I wanna, I wanna heal your marriage. God, I'm believing you're gonna heal my marriage. But yes, the deal, you gotta do what? The act of obedience is you gotta forgive first. Well, God, I don't want to forgive them. Well, I don't want to forgive that one or this one. No, 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 no. First fix them. Get them, Lord, get them. <laughs> and when you get them and everything's great, then guess what? Then I'll say sorry. Then I will repent. Sometimes God's like, no, no, no. You be obedient. Come on, have faith and believe, but step out in obedience. It's so important. So obedience does what? It pleases God. Obedience does what? It shapes me to be more like Jesus. As I'm, every day I'm saying yes to the things of God in my life and I'm living them out. Obedience does, does what? It brings blessing because God wants to bless every area of my life. But sometimes the reason I'm not walking in that blessing is because I'm living in disobedience. I'm pushing away the things of God. Faith tied to obedience. Well, why is faith so difficult? Sorry, not faith. Why is obedience so difficult? I was thinking about that this week. God, why, why don't we give our lives to you? We love you. We come to church. Why do we still disobey you sometimes? And I was thinking about it and praying, and, and the answer was so simple. This is what the Lord said to me. The reason why obedience is so difficult is because obedience is difficult when you don't trust. Come on. 
Come on, you're, you're trying to get your kid to what? If you just trust me, you're not gonna hurt yourself. Isn't it right? I mean, my daughter, I'm so excited. She's a leader. She is strong. She is stubborn. She gets it from my wife, not me. <laughs> just kidding. We, go, we do go to marriage Mondays. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Pray for us. No, but my daughter is strong, and I celebrate and love that. But there's times when I say, Shay, don't do that. Listen to me. Listen to me. Act accordingly. What's wrong with you? Act accordingly. That's what the Bible says, Shay. And what does Shay do? She does the opposite. And what happens? She'll hurt herself. And then what do I do? I told you so. No, no, I love her. Shay, you got to trust daddy. You're five years old. I've been on the planet a lot longer than you. Shay, there's two ways to learn in life. Wisdom or consequence. Consequence is a painful teacher. Wisdom is gentle. See, that's how God is with you and I. God's trying to say, come on. I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to make you, I'm not trying to make your life miserable and oh, come to church and you can't have fun. No, no, no. Jesus said in John 10, I came to give you life and life overflowing is what Jesus said. He doesn't want your life to be boring, but yes, the deal, God knows you better than you know yourself. He created you in the womb of your mother. He knit you together is what scripture teaches us. He has plans and purposes and wonderful things. It's throughout promises, throughout the Bible. But yes, the bottom line, obedience is when we can come to this place of saying, God, I trust you. It becomes a lot easier when I can say, God, I don't even know how to deal with this, but you are greater than me. You're sovereign God. You are omnipotent, all-powerful. You're omnipresent. You're everywhere. You're with me. I'm you omniscient. You know all things, and I don't know all things, but you do. And so as I choose to trust you, even when I don't understand, I'm grateful. I don't have to have the answers, God. That's what Philippians chapter four, be anxious for nothing. Through prayer, supplication, thanksgiving. Come to God. And what does it say? And the peace of God which surpasses understanding. It means you might not have all the answers. You might not have it figured out. But you simply come and you do what? Position your heart to say, God, I don't have all the answers. But yes, the deal. I trust in who you are. And because I trust in who you are, I'm going to obey you and take you at your word. And as now we tie obedience to faith, what happens? We see blessing in our life. See, obedience is easy when you can trust God. There's some of you today that God's knocking on your heart and he's simply saying, will you trust me? Will you trust me? Can you let it go? See, there's some of us today when it comes to obedience, you know what, we're trying to define the lines. God, just give me the lines in which to live. And God's like, it's not about loves. It's not about seeing what can I get away with and what can't I get away with. It's not about getting away. It's not about doing the right thing. God, it's not about the right thing. It's about doing the God thing. It's about obedience. It's better than sacrifice. And so God, I wanna posture my heart to be this, like, like David prayed. God, search me and know me and create in me a clean heart. And David prayed this, this wonderful prayer of saying, God, examine me and show me anything that doesn't please you. And then when you show me that, God, what am I gonna do? As I read the biblical definition, I'm gonna listen and I'm what? I'm now gonna begin to turn and act accordingly. I'm positioning, you see, obedience is all about the heart. God, I'm gonna trust you. I don't have it figured out, but you do. 
And you're going to ask me to let go of this and walk away from that. And that seemed to be an anchor in my life. That person was an anchor in my life. But God, you're trying to remove that out of my life because it's not an anchor. It's not an anchor to hold me strong. It's an anchor to weigh me down. God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to have an attitude of obedience. See, I don't know where you are today, but I know that every single one of us, we wrestle with obedience. And the reason we wrestle with obedience is because we wrestle with trusting God. But there's blessing. Obedience pleases God. Obedience will make you more like Jesus. And obedience leads to blessing in your life. So I want to challenge you today. Choose to listen, but then choose to act accordingly. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today. Obedience seems like such a negative word, negative meanings. But Lord, today obedience is a blessing. Obedience is how we bless you. Lord, I, I pray today that whatever area or season of life we're in or what we're going through, that we would have an attitude of faith, that we'd walk in contentment, that we choose the right attitudes. That when the moments of fear that we would run to you and not run away from you. But most of all, at the end of the day, God, that we'd learn to trust you and learn to obey you. Because God, you are a good God. You're a faithful God. Sometimes, God, we're just one step away from our breakthrough, one step of obedience away from our miracle. One step away from healing. So thank you today, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're speaking to us. May we act accordingly. May we no longer say no, but may we say yes. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to transition really quick to uh, offering time. And, you know, again, as I look at this stage, this is generosity. And the Bible says this, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. But the world of those that hold on gets smaller and smaller. You know, when it comes to our finances, everything we have is God. What does God do? He says, would you steward it wisely? He says, will you be a blessing into the world? So I want to encourage you today as you look at these things on stage, these backpacks, because when I see a backpack here, you know what? That backpack's gonna go on a kid. A kid that didn't know how they were gonna get a backpack. When you sow into your giving here at Mountain Park, you're sowing into people saying yes to Jesus. Last week, I was so excited. Two people said yes to Jesus for the very first time. Two people said yes to Jesus for the very first time. Now, we had a lot of rededications, people coming back, and that excites me too. When people come back to Jesus, it excites me. But when someone says yes for the very first time, their whole destiny's changed. Their family's changed. One day, we're going to see them in heaven with us. And so I want to encourage you. That's what your giving does. Because through your giving that we can do ministry, that we can do all these great things. So I want to encourage you today with your tithe, with your offering, as you release, know this. God promises the world of the generous gets larger and larger. He gives you more so you can do more. So let's pray over our offering today. Father, we thank you today. You know our needs. The Bible says that, my, Paul said, my God shall supply my needs because you're faithful. You care about it. 
Lord, I want to pray today as we get ready to give, as we get ready to sow a seed. It's not just about giving money, God. It's about changing lives. We just witnessed that today at baptism. People coming to Jesus. So, Father, I pray today that you bless the gift that is given, the seed that is sowed, the tithe, Lord, whether it's in this building or whether it's online today. God, make us a blessing to a world that is hurting. It's in Jesus' name we pray.